right. Well, hello and happy 2020. This is the first episode of 2020 you are listening to Wild and Free, a Battleborn podcast. This is Jacob. Hi, this is Allison. And today we have our very special guests. We have Rodney Arnett Jr. and Ricardo Reese with us today who are going to talk about a really cool program for African American History Month here in Las Vegas. Welcome, guys. Welcome, Thank you. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Yeah, we're we're very excited, and uh, we've been talking about this for a while. So, um, you know, we'll we'll go right into it at least with um, if you want to tell us a little bit about uh, yourselves, so each of you individually, um, and then uh, what the program for African American History Month that you all are doing here in Las Vegas is. Great. So um, I'm originally from Indianapolis, Indiana, and I grew up in I would say a classic family or classical family. My grandfather mm-hmm. sang the Indianapolis Opera Company. So there are a lot of wow. stories of me sitting on his lap while he was warming up and getting ready. Uh, the first production I was in was Porky and Bess um, with the Indianapolis mm-hmm. Opera Company. As a child, I played Scipio. And then my grandmother played the wow. flute. She studied ballet and she played the piano really until she couldn't, you know, until her body like lit up. So I really grew up around uh, the arts. Mm-hmm. My father was a, a draw. He was a not really a painter, but he would draw mm-hmm. a lot. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he would sell a lot of his artwork. And then my mother was a businesswoman. So I went to performing arts junior high school. I went to performing arts high school. And um, I studied the bass actually in high school. And then my bass teacher moved to L.A. And they were like, wow, well, we don't have any other bass teachers in the district. So can you do anything else? And I told them I've been singing since I was 10. And wow. so um, I could I could you know finish in school as a singer. Mm-hmm. So then uh, I was offered a scholarship actually to a school, actually Shenandoah University, uh, for either bass mm-hmm. or um, Illinois Wesleyan for vocal, for voice. Okay. And I picked that, and I've been singing. So I went to UNLV, and so uh, I am definitely a rebel, and uh, earned my master's in vocal performance with emphasis in jazz studies at UNLV. Mm-hmm. Moved to LA and started gigging <laughs> and working in LA. And so I worked with LA Opera, sang with the Roger Wagner Chorale, and I'm touring with New York Column Productions in Europe mm-hmm. and doing a lot of voiceover work. Um, I work with like Nate Dogg, who's a singer. I was in his gospel group. Rest mm-hmm. I work with him. Yeah. Rest mm-hmm. in peace, Nate. And also um, used to sing with Latin groups, like a backup for um, a Latin group. So done a little bit of everything. Mm, <laughs> wow, Rodney. I, we've known each other for a while now, and I did not know half of that. I have to keep it up. Yeah. I have to keep it quiet. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Very cool. Yeah. Some of the groups that I've worked with, I've worked with, you name it, I've worked with right. a ton of people, particularly in Los Angeles. Yeah. 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 How long have you been back in Vegas? A good question. I think four and a half to five years. Mm-hmm. And so I always say all roads bring you, uh, all roads lead back to Las Vegas. Yes. <laughs> and so I moved here, then I moved to LA, worked in gig, came back, and then my company um, had me living in Nashville, Orlando, and West Palm Beach. And then I came back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All cities with really big performing arts centers. It was mm-hmm. great. That's really cool. Yeah. Very awesome. Love it. And how about you, Ricardo? Well, just to give a little background, um, you know, grew up, I didn't grow up in um, uh, Maryland. I lived in Maryland for about seven years. Mm-hmm. Um, Dad is a phenomenal guitar player, grandparents, you know, phenomenal church musicians, grandmother trained choirs. Um, I moved to Colorado and at the age when I was about seven, eight years old, um, got into drumming and Colorado did jazz bands, you know, concert bands, marching bands. Then I had a great opportunity to, you know, come back to the East Coast uh, where I was able to get a full ride scholarship to Virginia State University in percussion. Um, got my degree in music, 
from Virginia State and then moved out to Las Vegas about 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, done some things out here. Had my own band going. It was called Reese's Pieces. Oh, uh, nice. With the, uh, <laughs> candy and um, did some things out here. Did a lot of formal events. Uh, made a lot of money at it. Learned a lot um, in regards to the business side of you know music and contracting and dealing with other musicians. Mm-hmm. Um, now I'm more on the educational side of things. Uh, went to UNLV. Uh, finished my master's degree in percussion. And now I'm assistant band director at Canyon Springs High School. Um, changing the culture out there as well. Got a great team out there doing some good things out there and just um, enjoying music at this point. Mm-hmm. Nice. We're outnumbered. There's four UNLV alum in the house and two non-UNLV alum in the house right now. Very true, very true. Yeah. Go Rebels. Go That's right. Rebels, mm-hmm. yeah. I feel like you should bring back Reese's Pieces. Yeah, may, maybe, maybe. That's great, maybe. Yeah. yeah. Come back to it. Maybe. Chocolate goodness. <laughs> or right? we change yeah. the name to Chocolate, Chocolate Goodness. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's the new name. Or that's, that's the album name. Oh, yeah. It would sell. It would. It would, yes. Let me write that down. Right. I will, for sure. You can take it. All right. <laughs> Well, uh, but anyway, so you're you're here to talk about an upcoming performance that you have um, for the month of uh, Black History Month, correct? correct. That's correct. Mm-hmm. Yep. Can you tell us about this show? Okay, so let, let's start at the uh, beginning of it. So I, I came to Rodney one day and say, "Hey, look, I have this idea about you know, you know, spirituals, Negro spirituals, and you know, this is what I like to do. Got an idea about you know, just putting together a couple of songs." You know, presenting it to, you know, the community or just our, our church friends, you know, just showing them what, you know, Negro spirituals are about or the history about what they are. And I came to Rodney one day and, and asked him about, hey, how do you feel about doing something like this? Um, he was on board and he just, you know, took it from there. I didn't know it was going to grow this big in regards to what we're getting ready to do in February, but it all started with uh, a conversation like we're having a conversation mm-hmm. right there mm-hmm. right or right now and and took a lot of notes had a lot of meetings and, and it's true so ricardo kind of planted the seed but even to start before that we both met in our church men's uh group mm-hmm. like uh, it's a men's okay. class on monday and uh, we were talking um earlier one of the gentlemen plays trombone. I thought he was a cool older cat, so I just went to mm. talk to him about you know playing on the strip. He's played on the strip for years, and I went to okay. hear some of those stories. Ricardo overheard it and said, you know, also went to UNLV when I mentioned, I went to UNLV, studied music. It's like I have my master's in music. He said, I have my master's in music as well. And so I was like, well, we have to hang out. You know, we have mm-hmm. to get to know each other. Um, younger, you know, uh, black men in the city of Las Vegas who also you know went to UNLV have their masters. I think it's just kind of cool to mm-hmm. to have colleagues in the city. So um um. About a couple months after that, you know, I went to, uh, I was telling Jacob, I went to West Africa, Senegal, mm-hmm. um, on a journey you know, for my birthday. but was really inspired uh, by the people, by the art, the culture, and uh, decided that I need to be more into to music. Mm-hmm. You know, it's really time to kind of give back and, you know, step back mm-hmm. into that world. And so after that, went to went to Oakland to get inspired about a month after that. And then I posted some photos of my trip in Oakland. It was at a recording studio. And Ricardo reached out and he was like, man, we need to do this. Uh, we need to do mm. this concert. It's time. You know, so that's right. when we had the meeting. He planted the seed on what he, you know, what he wanted to do. And I told him, I'm on board. Let's do it. And I think we should do it in Black History Month. Yeah. And I think we should do it at either UNOV, a local institution, or for the library district. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like it's important to give back to the community. Yeah. And if we do it at the library, 
we should do it at the West Las Vegas library. Right, right. You yeah. know, that is truly like the, the pinnacle, I think, of uh, the historic black community in mm-hmm. Las Vegas and just a beautiful facility. So we reached out to them and immediately, you know, um, Yanni Yape said, you know, we're open to it. You know, fill out the form and, you know, you have plenty of time and let's go. Take and the so, pictures. Yeah. Submit your, submit your packet, submit your information and we'll we'll roll with it from there. It was great. And so they um, they approved it, approved it pretty quickly and we were, we were on. And so we knew we wanted to talk about spirituals and that's something. Thing, you know, we're both kind of both, I guess, in our in our background and culture. We want to talk about, you know, seeing about the Negro spiritual and have a, a performance mm-hmm. piece. And so, uh, so we want to be a little bit different than just like a regular concert. And so that's what we just, we've been talking about it and kind of figuring out what exactly we wanted to do to give back to the community. Really kind of a gift. You know, UNLV um, gave us, mm-hmm. you know, degrees. <laughs> you know, we've been in this community for a while, you know, working and gigging. So it would be nice to kind of give something back. Mm-hmm. And so we talked about the uh, history of the Negro spiritual um, and performance or through performance and beyond, you know. So we'll be, you know, kind of briefly talking about, you know, performance practices of, uh, of American Negro spiritual, where mm-hmm. it originated. And How then, it originated. Yeah. And then its effect on modern music. So that's kind of the cool thing. Oh, At the end cool. of the day, um, you know, every song essentially that comes out has been affected by the Negro spiritual, right, right. you know, so spiritual into like jazz and blues, jazz and blues to everything that we have playing on the radio, you right. know, pop, country, you name it, it really kind of started in that world. And so, um, so we'll do like, a, we're going to have a gospel song that we do, jazz song, that's going to be kind of the end of it. And then like a surprise. Oh, okay. All right. yeah. This is very exciting. All right. A little surprise. Yeah. <laughs> well, so for the uninitiated, can you tell us uh, a little bit about the background, what spirituals are, how it originated in this country? Yes. Okay. <clears throat> so just to give you a, a, sh- uh, a sh- short, precise mm-hmm. um, definition of that. So if you think about that, we think about, you know, the church um, in the South or just in America in just general. So what happened was, you know, to kind of, when let's say the the slaves were working in the field the kind of way to pass the time or get past the hard labor were the seeing these spirituals that they would hear in church mm-hmm. at the point in time and those spirituals led to other things in regards to you know coded songs mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you know things like that we're all familiar with the underground railroad and everything mm-hmm. so without a coded right. message and out without knowing these hymnals and without knowing these spirituals negro spirituals um, it's very difficult to, you know, operate that underground railroad mm-hmm. without those songs. And spirituals are really a combination of African music. So slaves brought from West Africa to the United States, you know, working in these plantations, you know, learning kind of Christianity through mm-hmm. uh, slave owners, you know, so you're, they have this kind of maybe European style of music. Like being with a enforced mixture, on them. Base, yeah. Yes, right. being enforced uh, on them and kind of mixed with African music, you know, um, polyrhythms, you know, really great melodies. Mm-hmm. And so they kind of infuse that, quite frankly. So they're learning this this Christian religion mm-hmm. and then using some of their, their own natural music mm-hmm. and it kind of turned into a spiritual and Ricardo's correct, you know, uh, from that, you know, being wanting to get away, um, using the underground railroad, a lot of these songs have a uh, code of messages. Mm-hmm. And so the bulk of our performance will be talking about and performing songs with coded messages. And that's oh, why it'd be quite okay. interesting. Yeah. So we had to figure out something because you could we could sing all year. Right. The spirituals, right. you know, right. to be honest right. with you. So we really had mm-hmm. to kind of focus on um, ones that we enjoyed, a mm-hmm. grew up with, mm-hmm. you know, love. And then uh, we'll educate 
to a certain extent. Right. Mm-hmm. So what's an example of a song maybe a, many people would know that is as, as a Negro spiritual with that had a coded message? Yeah, so um, Still Away. Um, okay. Still Away to Jesus. There are just a lot of, like, Wade in the Water. So Follow God's going to trouble in the water. A lot of the lyrics. Um, see that man dressed in red, you know, God's going to trouble, see that man dressed in white. So there may be someone that you see dressed in white or dressed in red. There could be, um, follow the drinking gourd. Yeah. Follow the drinking uh-huh. gourd. Deep river, um, deep river. A lot of them, some talk about like a tree swaying under the, the moonlight or just following the drinking gourd as a, the North star. So, you know, traveling North towards like trees that sway maybe mm. that's, you know, stuff like that. I'm trying to think, um, there's another one that's really popular that we're performing. I can think of it right now, you know, but um, like Right on King Jesus is another right. one that so we're there, doing. There are a lot of songs people would probably recognize too. Absolutely. They may not have known the history too. Absolutely. And then right. some yeah. of these songs have been turned into jazz standards. So that's the interesting uh-huh. part. So okay. you may know them as, as a jazz song, you right. know, but it started as a spiritual or, um, you know, just used it like rock music. You know, really, I know Eric Clapton performed some spirituals as well, mm-hmm. you know. Um, there are a lot of artists that have and put it in their normal repertoire. Mm-hmm. And maybe folks have heard right. these songs, but it's been years since they've heard these songs. Right. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. um, if you think about it, uh, a lot of these hymnals or spirituals were actually sung in church. Uh-huh. You know, so if, if you as a kid um, went to church, you know, Southern Baptist Church or Southern like Baptist mm-hmm. Church, maybe you heard those songs at a young kid mm-hmm. at, a, at a young age. And now years later. Okay, this is what that means. This is what this is all about. Mm-hmm. And that's been the interesting part about learning about some of these songs. So I grew up in a Presbyterian church, okay. which is really quite unusual. <laughs> it was predominantly <laughs> black Presbyterian church, and uh, they sang mostly spirituals, but also like uh, choral songs, like mm. your standard choral songs. And so knowing what they mean now, opposed to just kind of singing them, I think uh, right. really puts a, a different feeling on it. So it's really quite special. And just in general, we were talking earlier, all of us about culture, you know, black music and black culture. You know, I feel like it's something that we, we grew up with, right. you mm-hmm. know, like knowing these songs and hearing these songs. Is this other than church? Where else would you would you sing these? Like at parties? Are you singing at home? You know, that's a, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that. Um, the only time I would actually hear these songs, it's not like I would invite people over to my house and say, hey, guys, you know, let's, let's, let's listen to me, him, sing this song. But, mm-hmm. you know, growing up as a kid, you know, I hear my grandmother playing these songs on the piano, just getting ready for Sunday service. So it's not really something where, you know, you're, you're inviting folks over to a party. You know, that's not the choice mm-hmm. of music that's, on the, that's being played. It's just, just something that's, well, for me, mm-hmm. it was something that I would hear in the background, you know, my grandmother getting ready for church. So it's, it's not like now, I don't think folks would just come over to somebody's house and say, hey, look, you know, let's go over Deep River. You know, right. Yeah, right. <laughs> I will say, you know, as a classical singer that um, they they kind of went into the classical world, uh, sort of repertoire world. Mm-hmm. You know, so you hear them performed quite frequently by a lot of opera singers. They became okay. uh, really an art song a way that a lot of people thought about them. So some of your major opera singers um, started performing them and then more recently start putting them in their regular like repertoire. So mm-hmm. it's okay. it's a it's a thing now. You know, if you're going to do you can do an aria or you know, you may finish with the spiritual and a lot of the, the groups that I performed with, you know, they would do classic maybe Americana music, but the final song is is a spiritual because it takes it home and people people get that. Like uh, when I traveled, we mm-hmm. went to uh, with the Roger Wagner Chorale, we went to Japan and we were talking about that earlier. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, the, the basis of the, I guess most of the music that we sang was Americana music. Beautiful Dreamer, um, Disney songs, um, other oh, things that, okay. you know, 
yeah. that people would recognize as like older classic American music. But the final right. song was always a spiritual, and uh, which is a part of our, um, it's, it's part of our world, you know, right. you know, musical background. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Wow. So I think performance outside of church. Okay. I guess that's kind of the answer to your question. And then, mm-hmm. like, film. So you see it in television, I think. Um, movies, um, every once in a while you'll hear them. Mm-hmm. So that might be something. Depending on what type of movie you're watching. Yeah. Uh-huh. You know, you'll, you'll, right. you'll pick up on it if you are have that. If you're in tune to it. If you're in tune to uh-huh. it. Or, like you said earlier, to the initiated. To folks that know about it will pick up on what's 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 being played in the background well and and we were talking um before we started taping before you arrived jacob just um, when i was doing research for this um like learning about the importance of percussion and using your body as a form of resistance and to communicate Mm. things etc and i'm reading um ta-nehisi coates the water dancer now and there are sections where they're talking and it's about the underground and they're you know music and body and movement is uh integral to the story and now i'm kind of like they're not mentioning spirituals but i'm 100 percent um able to identify now that that was like that was a, a genre a musical genre that was being listened to and was you know they were using it to communicate these stories so actually my question for you ricardo is um you're a per- percussionist yes i would be interested to hear how um you know if you could speak about the importance of um when when the when this uh, genre first started how people were using their bodies to communicate how they were using clapping and their feet to communicate and now how that translates to percussion and and why you're why you're drawn to it well if we think back to what rodney and i are doing right now just think about the uh, spiritual and, and where it comes from um we have to think back to you know as the slaves are working in the field what, what do we what's one of the first things that we can indicate as a rhythmic pattern, it's like when the pick is pick or the hoe is mm-hmm. hitting the ground mm-hmm. on a pulse. Right. So you have someone that shouts out a call, and then next thing you know, the shovel digs into the ground. It's on a rhythmic pattern, whether it's two and four, but it's a continuous pattern throughout the whole, you know, however long they have to work. So it's always a, a, a rhythmic sense there. Mm-hmm. And in regards to percussion, you know, that shovel hitting the ground, you know, makes a percussive sound. It's something hitting on the ground which produces a type of rhythm, mm-hmm. and then everybody in line gets in, gets in rhythm to that right. that shovel hitting the ground. It's just like um, you know, with like a chain gang, uh-huh. you know, somebody calls out, you know, a call. Everybody takes the pick, hits the rock at the same time. It's just a repetitive, you know, two and four, one and three, whatever, whatever the beat is on. So right. you know, percussion is all around whether you know it or not. Mm-hmm in regards to that. And to add to that, I mean, let's be honest, the slaves weren't able to have anything or to own anything. And right. so when coming from these West African nations, they had drums and these beautiful instruments and things that they would use to communicate and to celebrate with. Mm-hmm. And so I believe, um, you know, when they were in the fields, really all they had were their bodies, <laughs> you know? So if they wanted to, to mimic something that they're used to, then they have to do that with whatever they have on them. Well, you know, so clap on the hand, clap on the leg, you know, whatever it is, you know, just using your your body as the instrument Mm -hmm. per se a stomp like you said a a hoe um anything i'm sure right um, yeah anything they have you know a scraper Uh whatever it is at the time that they can use you know just the sounds that were available to them at the time Mm -hmm. right which is why a lot of well all spirituals really are are typically sung a cappella 
mm. which is kind of interesting. So we, we, we do have a pianist that's going to be okay. with us for some of the and beyond. <laughs> Good right. Right. Of it. Right. And really for a couple of the spirituals as well. But uh, that's why it's kind of interesting to have Ricardo. So in performance practice, typically you would have a, a soloist and a pianist. That's what I've often seen it. You know, you never really have like a soloist or a vocal soloist, I should say, and a percussionist Uh, and uh a a spiritualist concert. Mm -hmm. And so that's what we've been kind of talking about. You know, when you go to that, when you go to any type of concert, very rarely for a spiritual, you know, would you have a percussionist. Mm -hmm. What can we do that's different than what everyone else has already done or Mm -hmm. is going to do? Mm -hmm. How can we be, you know, I should say trendsetters in this um, because people, like Rodney was saying, they do... Um, do performances. Mm-hmm. You have a vocalist and a piano player. You know, what if you add a different aspect into that to give a different view mm-hmm. into it? You know, a percussionist is something different. Mm-hmm. And that that I haven't seen. Maybe it's out there. You know, if it is, hey, you know, good. Mm-hmm. Or even they have like choirs. So you see a lot of choirs mm-hmm. do it, and more of kind of in the gospel gospel way. So in the ambient component, we'll have more gospely songs. Uh, but we're looking right. at like. Um, your standard, I guess, uh, performance practice of a Negro spiritual at the beginning of it, and then kind of the the middle part is going to be more classical, mm-hmm. as you would see like opera singers perform. Okay. You know, with Ricardo, it would be really interesting, and it's going to be very interesting to yeah. have like a percussion, but not really like a gospel style percussion performing with a with a singer. Mm-hmm. And we have uh, one to two songs where it's just us, you know. Oh, so I think cool. it'll be unique. Yeah, it'll be very unique for people to hear. You know, that's it. Yeah, <laughs> uh-huh. you know. That's going to be really interesting. Well, and as as you you guys were talking too, I was thinking about a lot of modern music and the use of percussion now that kind of goes back to kind of the sounds that you would make with your body. A lot of bands now kind of do like these percussion breakdowns that are not like the rock and roll like drum solos, mm-hmm. but are that very rhythmic that are um, you know I'm thinking of like Americana bands or even some you know like. Mm-hmm. Uh, the band Imagine Dragons does a lot with drums that could like very much harken back to kind of that uh, that influence from using your body as an instrument. Right. Um, and they have a hip hop producer, so that could be where some of that kind of influence comes from too. But I hear that in a lot of modern music now. And I think the music that kind of came maybe even before that. So when I think of Americana, I lived in Nashville before. Right, I yeah. <laughs> and so I used to go to like all the bluegrass rounds, mm-hmm. listen to a lot of bands. Like I truly loved the music component of that city. And right before, you know, before you kind of got to that point, I think you had gospel music. And before that, right. it's kind of, we talk about the spiritual. And right. so it's a very, very like close relationship with that oh yeah fine line like when i hear that close your eyes or you listen to any bluegrass i can oh. easily be in actually the most um the, the most poignant moment i ever had in nashville i was at around a bluegrass bluegrass round in this really really dingy spot <laughs> you know they only sold beer and popcorn basically nice. you know and when i walked in i was like uh-oh you know, I don't know about <laughs> this place, but I've heard it's incredible. And they were already performing, you know, fiddles and everything. And there was a, a Japanese woman who was there, and uh, she just kind of went in, you know, in in bluegrass. And the young lady, it was an older woman actually next to her, that looks like she had been in Tennessee all her mm-hmm. life, was singing a spiritual, you know. Right. And really, I was I was kind of overwhelmed mm-hmm. with emotion. I was like, this is mm-hmm. absolutely beautiful. And everyone, you know, performing was really into it. I mean, the room was packed, you know but dead silent from everyone that was around there except for Mm -hmm. the people playing in the round. And so, once again, I closed my eyes and I just, that could have been anyone. That could have been my grandmother. That could have been her mother, you know, performing. It was really, really touching. Mm -hmm. Right, so it's just, it's interesting to see how one thing just leads to the next, this leads to the next, how everything is connected back to an original point, you know, in regards to the spiritual. Mm -hmm. You know, if, if you take a look, like Rodney was saying, in regards to bluegrass, you know, if you go back further enough, 
or far if you go back far enough you can pretty much you know track that to a spiritual mm-hmm. in some mm-hmm. aspect or another american oh, art yeah. songs yeah uh-huh. that's what they are and so uh us as viewers are we meant to what are we meant to do when uh we when we attend your performance can we dance uh what are we uh, what is the appropriate response here because so, from what i was because uh, sometimes in churches dancing was discouraged and there is a christian background in in spirituals no so and that's a good question so because this is open to the public we are here to educate slash entertain mm-hmm. present something to the public mm-hmm. that you might not even know about or have never even heard about right. so when when we do this it's 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 open to the public doesn't cost anything to show up it's, it's free you can just come come and be yourself mm-hmm. enjoy the program um if you feel that you need to you know get up and scream and shout then <laughs> you know by all means mm-hmm. you know if, if that's what you would like to do it's i don't know how else to i think it's incredible it. because normally in in most black churches people are quite free to get up uh-huh. to dance to shout um you know if you bring a tambourine and start playing you know one of our songs as long as you're, you're yeah. on a beat, I'm okay with it. it I, I want you nice. to do all of all of the above. Is that the slain in the? What is slain in the spirit? Slain in the spirit. Where did you Where did you yeah. see that? I found that online when I was reading about like um, like the origins, and they were talking about like call and re- like in churches, the mm-hmm. call and response, mm-hmm. and the slain in spirit, and they were talking about like how dancing was discouraged, and so I think there was something along the lines of. Um, it said slain in the spirit. So, you know, <laughs> dancing was discouraged by um, kind of like sla- a lot of slave um, owners. Owners. I'm, yeah, okay. and so to, not really to, to sing, to dance, to do anything that was maybe like outside of their world, mm-hmm. right. you know. But in our community, like it was quite open, uh-huh. you know, and free. So um, I don't know the term slain in the spirit, but there are a lot of terms. I can't, I, I can't talk to that. I can just only, you know, guess on that, but I, I just don't want to do that. But sure, sure. to what, what we were just talking about, you know, a lot of times – when the slaves were working, that's that's it. Mm-hmm. That's it. You know, the only times you you could celebrate or you could do anything was when you were done with your work, and then, for enjoyment, you know, you dance mm-hmm. or you sing, away from the slave masters per se. Uh-huh. And I, I, I've just never heard that slain in the spirit. Okay. I, I just looked it up. Mm-hmm. Uh, used the Google machine, and it is a uh, it's a term used by Pentecostal and Charismatic Christians to describe um, when they're like overcome by the Spirit. Oh, like the ecstasy. Yeah, so it's yeah. it's I, I, it's a little bit of a different uh, yes. tradition. It's kind of like started in like the mid 1900s oh, is when okay. this tradition All would right. have started. All right. Yeah, and particularly Pentecostal and Charismatic Pentecostal. churches, which uh-huh. are which are different than what we're talking about. Well, okay. the, the, yeah. I think yeah. there's other words for that. Yeah, um, that yeah. I'm more familiar with in, in regards to you know folks will get the Holy Ghost. There. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Spirit, the Spirit there takes you, you over. Right, right. Uh, right. Yeah, uh-huh. it, that terminology it looked like came from Pentecostal churches. Oh, okay. I had I had All never right. heard that before either. So. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, for sure, I know I'll be attending the performance, and like the spirit, my spirit will be taken. Are you over. bringing the tambourine? I should, right? Yes. Well, I'm bringing my body. Okay. So you know, if I don't bring the tambourine, I'll be you know. My body is my percussion. Okay. Mm-hmm. There it is. Someone yes. will be pretty intense. So the song I was thinking about earlier is Go Down Moses, you know, uh-huh. with Harriet right. Tubman, you know, often, mm-hmm. you know, referred to as Moses. And so in that piece, just in general, I do want to, I want to talk to you guys after uh-huh. the performance. Okay. I think that okay. would be interesting. Okay. Right? You know, to have cool. this conversation now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Attend the performance and then talk afterwards and see what you thought, you mm-hmm. know, 
for someone who's new to the world of spirituals. Yes. Right? And yes, someone yes. who's probably heard them before. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think it'd be very interesting. Okay. Yeah. Very interesting. Yeah. Well, and in my research, I was, um, I thought it was interesting to see the comparison. Obviously, um, again, a lot of spirituals, they come from, uh, like the origin is Christianity, right? And mm-hmm. like the, how they're ta- they're borrowing um, psalms from the Bible. Yes, yes. Uh, this is uh, yes. Hymnals. Uh huh. Yes. Yeah. And but um, the comparison, uh, like the stories of Moses and the Jews' exodus from Egypt, mm-hmm. and the parallels between um, Africans uh, mm-hmm. and, and slavery. Like, can you talk a little bit about that? So that song "Go Down uh-huh. Moses" is exactly that. Uh-huh. And so it's about you know leaving slave owners, going to the north. You know, and following Harriet Tubman, essentially is what people, you know, would say would be one of, would be Moses, <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, through the Underground Railroad. So it'd be quite interesting. But that that is okay. exactly oh, in excellent. that song. Yeah. Okay. And so, and that's one of the songs we are doing nice. on February 23rd uh-huh. yeah. at so, 3 p.m. At so, the West Las Vegas Library. Yeah. <laughs> that, that song is, like Rodney was saying, is, is what we call a coded song, mm-hmm. you know, using, paralleling the story of Moses and... The slaves together i mean it's just it's a coded song and mm-hmm. you, if you really look look into that song you can really get the message about what that's about mm-hmm. so the lyrics to that song when egypt was in israel's land let my people go oppress so hard they could not stand let my people go go down moses way down in egypt's land um, tell all my people to let my people go and so uh but essentially it's like you know when you get there you know, tell everybody, you know, or when uh, Harry comes down, let my people go grab them and bring them back up. So um, the words mm-hmm. are very powerful. You mm-hmm. know, the performance, even the melody is also powerful. It's kind of interesting. So mm-hmm. um, that one I'm doing with the piano player. Okay. You know, oh, I just nice. feel like uh, the version that I that I love is with piano and just in general to, I guess, to bring a sense of intensity <laughs> to the song. Mm-hmm. It'll be great to do with the pianist. Very interesting. Yeah. How did you go about selecting the songs? Um, for me, there were, um, so we, once we narrowed it down to like coded songs, mm-hmm. there are certain like really, I guess, more popular coded songs. Mm-hmm. And so I just selected the ones that I thought would fit really well in this, um, in this context, in the performance, the ones that I loved and kind of grew up listening to, mm-hmm. and then um, try to create a, some kind of story. Mm-hmm. Like you always want a performance to have like a, a beginning and an end. And so we kind of talked about it for right. a while. Like what exactly you know, do we want to do and how, how do we want to tell a story? Mm-hmm. Right. It's all about uh, storytelling and it's all about putting together a program that will be memorable mm-hmm. to our or to the folks that come to the program as well. So in choosing the, choosing the songs, it was basically, you know, looking at a hymnal book, basically looking at, you know, old spirituals, you know, there's a, what is the book called? The African-American hymnal mm-hmm. book. Just going through there, finding things that are appropriate for what we want to do, because that's a big book with a lot of songs in it. Which is kind of funny, side note. Ricardo brought it the first time we met to really talk about it. Right. And I already had it, too, because my mother gave it to me when I graduated. Yeah. And so we walk in, and we have the same book. And we put it down, we're like, oh, okay. Oh. okay. Yeah. You know, like, we're ready. Uh-huh. Let's go. <laughs> so it's really interesting. Like, that's the book that everyone right. has, you know, to start and to begin mm-hmm. the search, which I thought was very interesting. Mm-hmm. Something else we're doing is, we're doing some spirituals that are, are not very popular. You know, mm-hmm. one's a coded song called Follow the Drinking Gourd, you know, and it's really all about like a code, which is interesting. Uh, but it's not one that like I had even heard of, quite frankly, okay. um, at all, you know. But I thought it was very, very interesting. And, you know, we looked at it, we we're like, wow, you know, this, and it's really on a lot of lists, and, you know, it's it's out there, but not really done. I had heard it. 
it. Yes, yeah, so you've heard so a yeah. lot of folk artists have done it. Uh-huh. Funny enough. Okay, then maybe that's where I've. Uh-huh. Right. Yeah, so okay. a lot of folk artists have done, it, which is a kind of the other component that, uh-huh. that this song is not really done uh, very frequently. I think in, in the black community, to be honest with mm. you, but you have a lot of folk artists that have performed it, and so. So that is something we think is interesting to, uh-huh. to put that in as a coded song that's not really well known maybe to one group. It may be more popular, which sounds like it is. Little five-year-old group. Allison in Mexico would sing it. I didn't know <laughs> yeah. what I was singing, but I sang it. No was in way. a book. Yeah, wow. isn't that weird? As soon as you said, fo- yeah, so it'll carry you to freedom yes. if you follow the drinking yes, 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 yes. I don't know what book it was. Now that it's very odd that I would know that. <laughs> yeah. I, Did your I, parents I, know you had that book? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Little revolutionary Alice yeah. went out and found yeah. it on her so, own. Yeah. So in, in hindsight, like you said, little five year old Allison, you know, follow the drinking gourd to freedom. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a message there. Uh-huh. You know, yeah, it's yeah. really a coded uh-huh. message. So Which is like the little dipper. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Which is kind of interesting. Uh-huh. Yeah, to freedom. So mm-hmm. it's like keep following, keep following, keep following. And wow. so um yeah, so that's one of the, the very powerful, okay. not really done often in our community, but should right. be done. It should be done. Yeah. Yeah. So it will be done. Oh, nice. <laughs> oh that's so great. Very yeah. nice. In a unique way. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Maybe I'll sing yeah. along. Maybe. You're like, please Stand don't. Stand up. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Okay, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, you're like, I'm embarrassed. I'm let, the, let the professionals do their work. Right. Please. Yeah. Control yourself. Well, well, I mean, this, sound, this sounds amazing. So it is on February 23rd, which is February Sunday. Correct. Yes. At 3 p.m. at the okay. West Las Vegas Library. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we're yeah. very excited. And uh, there's a performing arts center there at the West Las Vegas Library, right? So that's it where is. where this is going to take place. It's yes. actually take place in a theater. There. Okay. So it's all one big complex. So okay. the library, then the performing arts center, then there's a theater. It's all in the same. I think we're doing area. it outside on the. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, and the the West Las Vegas Library has a great collection of history of the African American history of Las Vegas too, which yeah. mm-hmm. I think a lot of people don't realize the rich history of African-Americans here in Las Vegas. Yes, so I went to that library to do some research, and I found, just in general, I started the library by my house, Mm -hmm. and I really only found maybe one to two books and, you know, some recordings. And so, um, you know, obviously the library, most of them were like, well, you have to go to the West Las Vegas Mm -hmm. Library. Mm -hmm. So when I get there, they have a whole section that someone who used to work at the library started, which I thought was very interesting. She's like, it's the only um, collaboration or collection of its kind, really in the state. Wow. But it was started by someone that was there, and they just really start kind of building on it and so when we walked over there honestly i just had this massive grin this mm. like kool-aid smile to be in this section you know right. of, of music and and art and literature mm-hmm. that i didn't expect to find at all and so we first went to another section like, i'm so sorry your book's not here or whatever i was looking mm-hmm. for i'm like you've got to be kidding it's, it's nowhere in and she's like well let me check the other area like we have a full section of black history and art and literature i was like really and that just kind of changed how I felt about the library system, to be honest with you. Uh-huh. And, you know, we had a great relationship with them and it's been great working with them. So um, we actually hope to do other things there, you know, in the future. Sure. Oh, great. So this is just the start is what you're saying. It's just, a, just yeah. the start. We've been yes. talking about different different things. And, you know, we're not going to mention them today. No, that's, a, that's okay. <laughs> but, uh, we'd love to create. So this is the beginning of a beautiful partnership, we believe, with the library system. Mm-hmm. Well, great. they're excellent partners to yeah. have yeah. the whole library system. But we're particularly enamored of well I I'm particularly enamored of the work being done at the West Las Vegas Library and yeah. try to support them as much as possible mm-hmm. so that's incredible I'm very happy that you'll be performing there yeah. um, I wanted to ask you what um, what you would like the public to take away from this performance it's a good question here's what I would like the, the public to take away from 
this performance is seeing something that they have not seen, whether, mm-hmm. you know, that the bottom line is seeing two African-American males, you know, classically trained, doing something that I haven't seen anyone do at the West Las Vegas Art Center or just present something to someone that they don't know about. Mm-hmm. So they can take away, you're going to take away something from this, whether you want to or not. It's going to be, hey, I just came out here. It wasn't what I expected to be. In essence, you're taking away something that you went out to see that you didn't expect to see. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's going to be a good time. Um, there's going to be a lot of things to to hear, a lot of things to see, a lot of things to take away from that you wouldn't know. And if you do know, you're going to take away some things just to add to that toolbox. Mm-hmm. The first thing that comes to mind for me is like to educate, to inspire, maybe and to enlighten, mm-hmm. you know, the community. I think a lot of people have heard, you know, spirituals done in a, in a plethora of ways, but hopefully someone will say, you know, actually I haven't heard a Negro spiritual done like that. Or someone who knows the song Follow the Drinking Gourd and didn't know mm-hmm. that was a spiritual say, wow, like that clicked. I can't believe it. Or, you know, I've heard another modern song. It's like, wow, you know, that rhythm sounds really, really familiar because it came from, you know, a, a spiritual, you know, mm-hmm. so to really kind of be enlightened, you know, mm-hmm. in a way and uh, to see. So the other reason why I thought it would be kind of interesting to do this is because as a classical singer, I performed in opera halls, you know, I performed in, you know, different beautiful theaters, you know, really around the world. Mm-hmm. But I think a certain demographic of people could afford mm-hmm. to, to see these performances. Yeah, right. And so um, we really wanted to do something at the West Las Vegas Library so that community could go and see a classical performance uh, for free. Mm-hmm. And so we uh, specifically uh, have a partnership with them. So anyone can come for free. It's open to the public. That's so great. For free. Yeah. You know, so, you know, if someone's walking by and they're, oh, yeah, we heard there's a concert here. You know, we want to step in and come as you are. You know, right. you don't have to be dressed up. Uh, you know, we just want mm-hmm. people to come as they are and to be enlightened. Mm-hmm. That's great. Well, and yeah. I've brought him up on the podcast in the past. Uh, Bernard Gaddis of the Contemporary West Dance Theater. They hold a lot of free performances at the West Las Vegas Library. And I really, I truly, I, I adore him. I love his um, dance company. And he's he's wonderful because before and after the performance, he comes out and he sits down and he talks to the public. And he talks about how... Um, you know, he tries to bring these performances to the community. They're free of cost. He encourages people to come with their families and come as you are. You, this To kind of set aside this notion that you have to get dressed up or whatever to come and enjoy these this high level, these high caliber performances and um, make it accessible. And he talks about the importance of, you know, young kids of color looking up on the stage and seeing people that look like them performing. Mm-hmm. And if they can do it, why, why can't I? And I just think that you know democratizing the arts making it just non-pretentious just so accessible is incredible so it's wonderful to see these type of performances in those type of spaces it's beautiful and i would encourage everybody to go to all the opera houses on the planet if they're available to them but it's also it's wonderful that these opportunities exist also in these equally magnificent um spaces for free for the community that are funded by our taxpayer money you know, well, the, well said. The, you know, I, I think Bernard, it, not me. I think in piggybacking on that is uh, one good question. How would you get people there? I mean, outside of just mm-hmm. saying it's a free performance, how, how exactly are you going to get, you know, someone to come to an event? So I can yeah. say, hey, you know, Allison, we got this performance that's on um, February the 23rd. You know, come on, check it out. It's on the history of Negro spirituals. OK, that that's by word of mouth. Yeah. You know, a million mm-hmm. things are going to happen between now and now in February the 23rd, so it might be like, oh, man, I heard it, but I don't remember the date. So one thing that uh, I have done and just, you know, talked to Rodney about as well 
is get the flyer, hand it to a friend, mm-hmm. hand it, give it something you know physical to him, and say, hey, look, you know, you might recognize somebody on the front of this magazine. Uh, take a look at it, read the article. Mm-hmm. If anything, you have the article. If you yeah. don't show up, you at least know, hey, these are two people that I I know who are doing some things because they're not going to know about this unless. Mm-hmm. You know, either Rodney or myself presented to them, or just they happen to go into the library, or just happen to, you know, just be out and about, or, or just see the flyer sitting around. How else are you going to know about that? And right. Ricardo put a, he brought up a good point. So the library system, they have a magazine called Library Highlights, mm-hmm. and they uh, put us on the cover of the magazine and put a beautiful article inside, which is which is fantastic. So our performance is a part of uh, the full African American Heritage Series, mm-hmm. which I think mm-hmm. is quite interesting. And so they have a lot of programming that will be fantastic for the month of February. Hopefully, we'll do more outside of the month of 100%. February. But yeah. it's fantastic to yeah. at least you know to celebrate Black History, you know, just in general. So um, yeah, if you go to uh, any library in Clark County and pick up their Library Highlights magazine, you'll see us on the cover, and there's a beautiful article inside, page twelve. Mm-hmm. And if you have a library card, you'll get one in the mail. I did. Did you? Is that yeah. right? Mm-hmm. I did. Okay. Yeah. Wow. So I got it in the mail and I was like, hey, I know that guy. You said wow. that really excited. You should get their signature, get their autographs. <laughs> I know. I should have brought it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that, but that just all ties back in. You know, if you want to, you want the community to come to the event, you got to, you know, speak to the community. You got to present yourself to the community because if not, it's just, hey, we got this event going on at the West Las Vegas Art Center. Mm-hmm. That's on February the 23rd. It doesn't cost anything. So Ricardo's yeah. great with that because mm-hmm. he'll give them out. You know, I was going right. to wait until February. In my mind, wait until February 1st and give them out to some people and send out an email. And Ricardo was like, no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you need to give it up. start giving it out now right. so people, you know, can remember, they can plan. And so, like, that's really been great, you know. And even if they don't, that. the benefit is they have it in their hand. And when we see them later, they say, I read your article. It was a great article. I couldn't make it. But, hey, look, you know, thank you for the the hand to right. give away mm-hmm. or, or come on really cool podcasts to that's pitch right. it right yeah. there it is uh-huh. <laughs> or come to the whatever performance we do after that yes, yes. exactly yes. right I'm looking forward to that yeah and expanding it beyond that month mm-hmm. for sure absolutely because mm-hmm. yeah there's no reason to limit it to one month of course mm-hmm. yeah. silly stuff yeah well is there anything else you guys want to mention about the performance that anybody should be aware of we'll make sure in the show notes to put the the information there. We're gonna take. We're gonna put out pictures mm-hmm. again. This is coming out the first week of February, so okay. we will I look we will forward have, to it. Have uh, lots of information there. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are. Uh, anything else to add then about that? Or because so. we think... have a couple of food and beverage questions right. for yeah. you. Okay. Yes, it's also important things. Yeah, yeah. So we wanted to ask if there are any cool coffee shops or restaurants that you like to frequent. We have a family man in the house. Any activities that you as a family like to partake in that you'd like to share with our listeners? Okay. Mm-hmm. So where do we want to start? We want to start with me or Rodney first? You well, seem to yeah, want to chat. Go for so it, go Ricardo. For Let's it. do it. Yeah. Okay. So if I get a chance to step out, you know, um, just to go out in the evening and not, well, not too late in the evening, mm-hmm. um, I, I do... I am an advocate of frequenting, frequenting mm-hmm. Crown and Anchor. That is the oh, one nice. place. That is the one place that I just feel I can go and just you know no stress, just be myself, mm. um, have a cold beer if I want, and you know throw some darts, listen to some music. You go to the Tropicana or Spring Mountain one. Spring Mountain mm-hmm. is a location that I prefer to go to. Okay, I like that one too. I love the Crown and Anchor. Yeah, so <laughs> yeah. that that is that is the one place where. 
you know, if I just want to stop in, it's, it's, it's kind of late. You can get some good fish and chips there, mm-hmm. you know, a nice beer, throw some darts, listen to the music, make a good evening of it. Mm-hmm. That is the one place that I advocate for. Okay. If any, All right. that's where you would find me at. Okay. Crown and Anchor. All right. Um, you know, because I do have two little ones, you know, <laughs> they're in, involved in the soccer. So a lot of things is geared towards, you know, them going mm-hmm. to their soccer games, you know, when I can and, you know, just supporting them. Mm-hmm. Great. Very cool. I do not have two little ones. <laughs> so I tend to step out in the city you know, pretty frequently. <laughs> However, you know, we, we were talking about food. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, growing up in the Midwest, I really know like meat and potatoes. Uh-huh. And so coming to Las Vegas, it really opened my eyes to a lot of uh, different food yeah. uh, options. And so, like, right now, like, one of my favorite places is El Dorado Cantina. I love oh, that nice. place. Oh, yeah. yeah, I really love the food there. I, I made a list. Because oh, yeah. uh, well, you said it before, I was like, Allison list. likes lists. Yeah, so, like, yeah, I think we've talked about Los Tacos on um, Charleston. Oh, yeah. We frequently, actually, Allison mm-hmm. and I, that's a frequent meeting place for us, is Los Tacos. Yep. Yeah, yeah, one yeah, of my yeah. favorite places, uh, Viva Las Arepas. You know, mm, uh, I know we've been there together. Here. Before. Yeah, yeah, definitely a pattern, uh-huh. you know, for sure. And Big Jerk, I go to the Big Jerk. It's off of, what's it, Spring No, Silverado and. Uh, Bermuda. It's a Caribbean spot, Jamaican spot. I go there about once a week. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Once a Big week. Because, um, you know, we have a men's like class. The name. So, yeah. Cool name. And uh, so I go there about once a week. So those are kind of like places you'll find me because I don't cook. Okay. <laughs> so, oh, then you and I most definitely yeah, every so we day have to hang, hang out. out. Like yeah. every day. Yeah, <laughs> Just yeah, tell yeah. me what you're doing for dinner. All right. All right. Is okay? um, where do you go listen to music? Do you go anywhere to look for music? So um, I discovered, and it's everyone knows about it, but Myron's Cabaret. And mm. so um, I really enjoy that place. I feel like it's a classic spot. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I sat down at one of the uh, tables, I felt like I was in New York, you yes. know, um, listening and perform, you know, listening to, to great music. So I think that's a, a really cool spot. Mm-hmm. So uh, that probably have to be my favorite. And the Smith Center, uh-huh. you know, I recently did. A, so I sing with the Las Vegas Master Singers mm-hmm. um, bass uh, with them. And we did uh, the Messiah. Uh-huh. at the Smith yes, Center. Yes, yes. So beautiful facility to to perform in and incredible. Just, incredible. And then, but I just love the space. I feel like mm-hmm. Vegas did it right. Yeah. With, uh, oh, just, yes. Perfect. Yeah. Superb, with, the, superb. with the Smith Center. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I know uh, another member of the podcast team and I, B and I saw you sing at the UNLV Art Walk, That's the Master right. Singers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was great. Yeah, yeah you were out of town, weren't you? Yeah, yeah. yeah it's like her. Have you been to the dispensary <laughs> lounge? Yeah. You know, th- those are those are places that really you know, if, if you like jazz or just like live music, you know, you can really see some great players at the dispensary. Um, a long time ago, the place to be at was a cellar, you know, mm-hmm. viewing. You know about the cellar? Where's you know, the cellar? The cellar, that, that was just, you know, one way in, one way out type situation. Um, yeah, oh, it sounded like you went in alive and then you left in a body bag. That's well, what yeah. that sounded yeah. like. No, it was like very, it was, uh, you know, you go down the steps, go in, and then, you know, you got to come back out, you know. Uh-huh. Okay. So oh, wow. um, the cellar. But, it, you know, listening to live music around Las Vegas, there's a lot of places downtown, like, you know, Fremont yeah. Street that offer live music. Because mm-hmm. uh, I did that a long time ago, playing a lot of bands. I just... You know, now I enjoy just sitting back and watching others, mm-hmm. you know, do that. Yeah. And the places where I like the dispensary, it used to be, you know, the cellar and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, those were just really fun places and are fun places to be. Yeah. I also yeah. like going to UNLV. 
Yeah. Yes. I feel uh-huh. like, you know, seeing shows at UNLV is always fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel like they have great programming, uh, unique, very different, you know, for the city. Yeah. So that would probably be one of my, mm-hmm. my top places. Yeah. yeah, it's been a big, big uh, push for us is uh, trying to get more people to UNLV. Because if you weren't a student at UNLV, it seems very intimidating. It does. You know, yeah. and that's, and it shouldn't be. Because it's almost everything there is free. Or mm-hmm. if it's not free, it's like pretty low cost to go see a show there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you get world-class talent. Mm-hmm. And a lot of things, a lot of things with UNLV, um, really don't know about unless you know somebody that's down at UNLV. Right. So, you know, getting that message out there to, hey, there's this great concert at UNLV. Hey, there's this great program at UNLV. Let's go go see it. It's really inexpensive. But you wouldn't know that unless right. you had somebody down there or just the thought came into your mind to say, what's, what's going on at UNLV? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Which yeah. is a conversation for another day, right? Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Well, is there anything else, uh, any social media or anything you all want to promote about yourselves or about the program? Um, I wouldn't mind putting my, my Instagram out there. Yeah, yeah. Where can we find you on Instagram, Rodney? On Instagram, Rodney Antonio underscore. All right. Mm-hmm. Add me. That's right. <laughs> Jose is doing well, and, and we will yes. most definitely, uh, uh, you know, tag you when we post the picture from today. Okay. You can look up, you can look up my, um, IG is my first and last name, Ricardo Reese or beats underscore from underscore the underscore box underscore. Oh, <laughs> All right. Wow. All righty then. I love beats Excellent. from the box. Okay. That's yeah, great. Yeah. Box. Yeah. 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 Very oh, cool. Yeah. Well, we are very excited for this performance yeah. and to see, um, what other shows or, um, projects you undertake in the future. So thank you so, so much from the bottom of my heart well, for you. coming on. Thank yeah. you for having us. This has really been an incredible experience. Oh, well, awesome. Happy to hear that. Thank you. All right. Well, this has been Wild and Free, a Battleborn podcast. This is Jacob here as always with... Allison. Who's on the team today, Allison? We have our producer, Jose Sotelo, our research assistant, Ashley Pacheco, and creative direction by Berta Gutierrez. And of course, we did have Raven today, the dog in the den of descent. Mm-hmm. And of course, the newest member of the team. Ultimate baby, the, Sebastian. The ultimate baby. Ultimate baby, <laughs> yes. Who yes, yes. was dressed kind of like a lumberjack today. Yeah, that's very cute. cute. Oh, my God. But anyway, um, all the best to our <laughs> listeners in 2020. Thank you for tuning in. Um, giddy up. Yeehaw. Yeehaw.